Hello and welcome to the Spirit Talk podcast, where we'll talk all things spiritual. I'm your host and the creator of the podcast, Brandy Bolton. Join me at looking at spirituality from many different angles. There will be no stone left unturned. From science and spirit to topics that some may call woo-woo, I will also discuss my own experiences as a developing psychic and medium. This podcast is for all the seekers out there, and I sincerely hope you enjoy. Hello, Spirit Talkers. Oh, I love that. That really rolls off the tongue, and I love how that sounds. I've used it before. I'm going to keep using that one for a little while. Spirit Talkers. I am Brandy Bolton. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, I have a guest on Spirit Talk. Her name is Teresa Watson. She is a medium. And she is full of stories, really fascinating stories. She's such a good communicator. And I just wanted to pop on here and say, you know, we do get into some really deep, uh, quite heavy topics in kind of a lighthearted way, right off the hop. And for two mediums talking about something, we kind of step into the energy of quite often things like suicide or infant death or pregnancy loss. These things can be triggering and I just did want to give a pre-warning for anybody because yeah we get right into it and kind of in in a casual way we're discussing these things. I don't want anybody to think that we take it casually and I do speak for Teresa as well. I'm I'm just saying these things come up and this is your fair warning. Uh I love this conversation. I really loved this conversation. Teresa's such a good talker. And I, I'm sad because the sound, the audio quality isn't great. Anytime that you're dealing with the internet, there could be issues. I'm no sound engineer. I really do try my best to put out a high quality or a decent quality, at least, podcast. And... Um, yeah, I was frustrated when I listened through to make sure that it all worked. There is some overlapping. As the time goes on, it gets a little bit worse. But it's definitely bearable and it's not it's not completely terrible. I just wanted to let you know, yes, I know. I tried my best. I'm going to look into how to mitigate that in the future. But in this conversation, we get into such good stuff. Please enjoy my conversation with Teresa. I think you're really open and you have a really lovely energy. Ooh, uh-huh. you ever. Thank you. You as well. That's why I was like drawn to you. I was just like, I want to do another podcast. And I was drawn to your voice. I was drawn to your everything on Instagram. I was like, oh my gosh, I got to do this. Amazing. I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone more. So this is good for me. Great. So thank you so much for joining me, Teresa. You're welcome. Thank you. You're from Oregon, right? I am. Where are you at? BC. So we're on the same coast, different countries. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I've done some readings up in uh, Canada. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I have, yeah. And so you do uh, mostly remote readings like Zoom and mm-hmm. online? I do a lot more remote. But like today, I have two people coming to the house. So they're more local and they... When they get a referral and they're like, oh my gosh, I had a great experience. You got to go to her house and this and that. People want to do that. They get it stuck in their mind that that's the best way to to communicate with spirit. Well, it's really not always, it works both ways. 
I do a lot of online and I have just as much success as I do with in person. So, but yeah, I think, um, uh, COVID really made me get out of my comfort zone to do the, the distance ones. How about you? Yeah, I do online readings as well. Not much in person at all, really. But let's talk about that. I feel like a lot of people are kind of stuck on the notion that it doesn't work as well, or it doesn't work at all via distance uh, separating us. So can you speak to that a little bit? What's your experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was definitely one of those people that thought that until I had one done for myself and it was distance. And I was like, Oh my God, that does work the same. And I was already practicing medium. So I was just like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm just going to practice it. I'm just going to practice it. So it actually worked out perfect. I was doing occupational therapy at the time and I was a traveling. I was about three hours from my house and I stayed there for about three weeks at a hotel. And I was like, you know, this would be a good chance because I'm kind of out of my comfort zone already. And so I had people that I'd already done readings for kind of refer me over to people. And so like, it's free reading, it's for practice, and let's see how it goes. And that was it. That's all I needed. And it boosted my confidence. And they were like, it's exactly the same as if we were in person. I said, well, energy is energy. You know, spirit is spirit. I mean, my dad has been gone for 10 years and I can smell cigarettes. That's his little sign for me, for me, from him. I can smell cigarettes at the exact same time in San Diego, a thousand miles away. My sister will call me and she goes, oh, dad's around. And I go, oh, just smelled him. (laughs) So (laughs) spirit can be anywhere at the same time. (laughs) And as we get over that, I think that helps people understand that, Oh, it does work. You're right. You know, because if we're confident in it and trusting it, they're more likely to be. And as soon as I had that, that more confidence build up, boom, that's all it took. And then, and then my, my business definitely improved after that because I was able to reach out and do so many, so many more readings to more people than just my local area. I mean, I live outside of Eugene. (laughs) <laughs> you know, Eugene, Oregon, it's, it's, it's a little town. It's not going to be, you know, I'm never going to be able to reach the people I would have wanted to reach. Okay. So this is interesting. So you're reading for people all over the place, mm-hmm. you know, all over the U S all over, well, maybe all over the world. I'm sure you have had international readings as well. I have. Yeah. Do you find that certain themes or topics or signs or things like that are coming through with a similarity from spirit or the the situation with the sitter does that come for you in little groups like for example I'll have a spirit who has passed away a certain way and then the next one and then the next one and the next one and it's all the same and it's like wait a minute. Do you experience that as well? I do. I get them in clumps. Well, I didn't understand it at first, what was going on, but what in, in the situation that I had, my daughter had had, had a, a stillborn at 28 weeks. And so my first grandbaby was born an angel. And so my daughter didn't tell me that she had tagged me in a stillborn group because she was reading on there how people were having all these terrible experiences with mediums and they really just wanted a real true medium. And she, she's, I mean, she obviously is, believes what I do. She actually has the same gift, but um, she doesn't use it, but she was like, I'm not going to let people do that to people who just lost a baby. And so she says, I'm going to refer my mom to you because I know she's real and I've seen her work and blah, 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 blah. And she didn't tell me that. And all of a sudden this surge of babies Everybody who's lost a baby. And that's like the first time I noticed like surges and then groups of suicide happened. And I don't even know mm-hmm. how that happened, but groups of suicides would come. It's, it was the craziest thing. And it was like, you're right. They come in kind of a group 
It was like one after the other one after those. And some people in the, like with the babies are like, I don't even know how I found you. I don't know. I heard you from something. I don't even, I'm not even in a group. And so mm-hmm. it was just kind of flowing. It's just when they want to be heard, they'll find a way. Yeah. And that's what I say too, is spirit has organized this on the other side. So true. We don't have to know why or how or oh, whatever. And, so true. And I feel like when a medium gets a thing and is able to deliver a message, how the spirit is, you know, really trying to get through and they really get that, then it's like a little beacon for the other spirits. Like, oh, this one can pick on this. Yes. This up, you know? I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a, a very true statement. I've had some just the most strange incidences with like, like I said, suicide. It was like, how did that actually happen? Because it was people that knew other people and came back to like that original. It was weird. I I can tell you stories. I could share that actually experience if you'd like me to, but um, it's kind of a, kind of a lengthy one, but it's a very interesting one. It's, and I've, and I've gotten okay with names from people who I can use their names. I've gotten permission. Mm -hmm. So about eight years ago, my daughter was dating this boy was because they are split up now, but she's married and everything. Um, But when every time he was around, I kept on feeling this energy around him. And it was when I was pretty new to this eight, nine years ago is when I was really discovering I was a medium and I was really getting like, I was in a group, a medium development group, and I was really starting to develop who I am and what I was doing. So it was, it was kind of scary, you know, of, of how the stuff was coming. And um, so every time this, this uh, boyfriend of hers was around, I'd feel him and I'd be like, okay, Ryan, I need to talk to you about something. And so um, I pulled him aside and I go, did, did my daughter tell you I'm a medium? And he goes, no, but that's cool. <laughs> he was all excited about it. And, um, and I said, you have a boy around you, like a similar age. And he's trying to tell me his name, but it's an odd name. And so I don't have a frame of reference for it, but he's trying to show me the initials are like rig, rig, R-I-G, riggy or Rick, Rick or something like that. And his eyes are open wide and that kid's got some big eyes already. His eyes are open wide. And he's just like, that's my friend Rigdon. And his he was like, he, he committed suicide two years ago and immediately felt his presence just like come boom, like in, like we invited mm-hmm. him in. It was so cool. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I gave him a message from him that really resonated with him and something he really needed to hear at that age. And, um, I always told him I wouldn't tell how personal that was. And so I didn't really think anything of it, of Rigdon. He was around a little bit longer. Every time I, Ryan was around, then my daughter and him broke up and really didn't fill him again. And about four years later, I was then single. I was no longer married to my husband, didn't have that house anymore, was on my own. And I started dating, online dating. That was fun. We can have a whole <laughs> whole conversation of just about online dating and being a medium. <laughs> and um, one of the first guys that I started talking to in my hometown that I met online, we got to talking and he said, do you have any kids? And I said, I do. I have two daughters. And, he, and I said, what about you? And he goes, well, I lost my son about um, six years ago to suicide. His name is Rigdon. Oh, shut my. the front door. Right. And I was like, nah, nah, no way. Well, he adopted Rigdon and he, at 14 years old, he committed suicide. And I told him Rigdon is saying it was in his father's blood that had nothing to do with anything that you did. It's in his father's blood. And he was like, well, I'll never know that because his father was only 15 years old and we didn't know his name. We don't know anything. We only knew the mom. 
and I don't mm-hmm. have privy to that information. I was like, oh, I just so wanted him to know that. And I, and I could tell that he really didn't own it. Like he didn't own mm-hmm. that information from his son. And I was like, and it really hurt. And so, um, well, we went on to just be friends. Um, we dated a little bit, but not a love connection of any sort. Nice guy. And we're still friends. And, um, and this was, gosh, five years ago. And, um, but I still remembered that incident of happening. Well, fast forward like another two years later, I had a gal in my reading room, older woman. And when she came in, I could feel Rigdon again. Well, Rigdon started to be a suicide symbol for me, like his face, like his energy. It was a little stronger than that. And I couldn't figure it out. And uh, I didn't talk to her about it. I didn't, you know, I didn't think it was any connection. So I didn't say anything. And uh, her son came through and he had committed suicide. And I thought, okay, well, it was the suicide connection. And about a year later, she came back again with another family member. And again, Rigdon stepped in and I was just like, I need to ask you something because I don't know why I keep on feeling this. But when I, it comes through that strongly, I have to say something. I said, do you guys have a connection to somebody named Rigdon? And her eyes got as big as sausage. And she goes, that's my biological grandson. My son was his father. Oh my. The family blood, the family blood. And that, and he had committed committed suicide suicide too. And so I got that full circle of back with, you know, how I met Rigdon. I met his father, well, his best friend, his father, his biological grandmother. And then, you know, and I was able to call Larry up that day, his dad and say, Larry, I just met with um, Rigdon's biological grandmother and his dad committed suicide and he just lost it. He was just like, you, you told me, you told me that that was the biological blood and it was the depression. It was a deep down depression and um, they weren't the first ones to commit suicide. It was Mm -hmm. a, it was a, it was a long linear connection there of, of deep down depressions and suicides and it was just so heartbreaking but at the same time for Larry it was like this release his son gave him that message and it meant something and it came full circle and he was able to confirm it and Rigdon did all that because I I had no idea who these people were walking through my door everybody who reached out reached out to me it was nobody that I ever reached out to so it was like this um you know, divine intervention. And I just, I love that story. It's one of my favorite stories to share about suicide. So yeah, when, when when suicide comes around, it's usually for a purpose. There's some kind of purpose of like, they needed that message. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm glad I got to share that. And I'm glad I remembered every detail in my head too. (laughs) No kidding. I know it's hard to remember sometimes these things. It's been a long time, eight years ago when it started. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So, so you said, uh, you just started realizing you were a medium about nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that. And you were in a development group. How did that start? Yeah, I started in a development group. Um, I definitely saw spirits when I was a little kid. I never really understood mm-hmm. it. And of course, you know, everybody hates being different. And so I just kind of shut that part off. My intuition was really strong. And that's the one thing I always kept up because, you know, it's just there, the knowing the, like, mom, don't leave the house. You're going to get, something's going to happen. And she got mugged. Don't go in that car today. And then they got in a car accident. It was a strong knowing for years and years. Hmm. And so I just decided one day, 
there's something more to this and I need to mm-hmm. understand this. And I started to watch all the shows, the Long Island Medium and the Ghost Whisperer shows. And I was very intrigued. That's all I, all I wanted to watch. And everybody knew it. They're like, oh, she's got her show on, walk away. <laughs> and, and so it was like I finally had like a connection with it. And I was uh-huh. watching Teresa Caputo on the Long Island Medium. And I said, I think I can do that. And, um, mm-hmm. and so I called up a local medium in, in Eugene and I said, um, I think I'm a medium. And she goes, oh, if you think you are, you are. I, I can guarantee you, you yeah. are. If you have all those signs and we talked about some of the signs, she goes, oh yeah, definitely. She says, funny thing, funny timing is I'm starting a new development class next week and you can be, of course. You be on it. And I'm like, well, duh. And uh, she goes, this is the first one I've done in years. And this is going to be the only one I probably do for a while. So you get right in. So I was able to get in and I met with like, I think we had six or seven in our group that changed from time to time, five, six, seven, eight people coming, people going, but we had just the best group. And it was just showed me that, oh my God, I'm not alone. And I can actually do this. And this is what I am. I am a medium. We had um, mm-hmm. group sessions with like, we had a sitter that would sit there and we would all practice on them. And every single time I was able to do a message every single time I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I am. And so I was able to finally define who I was and what it was all, what it meant. For so long, I lived in this secretive world, almost like away from everybody else because they didn't understand me. I didn't understand them. And I was just felt a little different. And uh, it could be very Mm -hmm. lonely in that world when they don't understand you, as you probably have had some experience with that. And um, I grew up in a a family with uh, four kids. So I had two older sisters and a younger brother and they didn't have what I have. They didn't see the spirits that I saw. I didn't understand it. I would just be in fear a lot. And they didn't, so we didn't have the same childhood. We literally mm-hmm. did not have the same childhood. And we all grew up the same house and that could really be debilitating for somebody. And so um, I just felt kind of connected finally for the first time in this group. Mm-hmm. And, uh, nice. and then I remember being down in San Diego. It's my hometown. We were visiting for spring break, and this was probably somewhere around the nine-year mark, eight or nine years ago. And uh, my girlfriend put me in her little spare room for, you know, the weekend while we were there. And every time I was in that room, I would feel something on the side. And it was like Mm -hmm. horrifying to me and I couldn't sleep. And I just kept on feeling somebody staring at me. And when I got back home, I called her. I was out in the hot tub with a margarita. (laughs) He said, why'd you put me in the haunted room? And she goes, what do you mean? And I'm like, you, that that room's got a spirit in there. And it didn't like me being in that room. And she says, oh, tell me more. And she wanted to know. And my girlfriend definitely has the gift. She's very strong, intuitive. And so is her husband. And so they knew I was a medium years before I came out of the closet. And <laughs> so to speak, and, uh, but they just didn't share it with me because they knew that was my journey. So they, they really kind of kept it hush hush. And so that night she started to elaborate and she started to ask me questions and started to bring it out of me. And, and I gave her some very detailed stuff. And she says, you just gave me a reading. And I'm like, what? And she goes, you did, you just gave me a reading. And this is before I took my class. So I didn't really had, hadn't really put it into the acknowledgement that I was actually a medium. And in the hot tub that night, after I stopped talking to her, I looked up at the skies with my margarita in hand. And I said, <laughs> so I kind of, I was talking to the universe, talking to God, whoever's listening. <laughs> I said, this has been going on long enough. And I either need to have this taken away or I need to understand it. Please, whatever one you want me to do, I'll do. And the very next day, 
my daughter's friend started asking me questions about her grandma, just out of the blue. Is my grandma near? Is my grandma near? And I'm like, I don't know if she, you know, I, I don't know if I hear from her, I'll let you know. And boy, did it start happening. And it happened wow. so quickly. I started to seeing visions and pictures in my head, which I had yeah. never done before. It was like a movie oh. reel just going through. And I was like, oh my God. And like the letter B looked like it was written inside of my head on a chalkboard. And I was like, hmm. what's that all about? And then she says her grandma's name was B. And then oh. I'm like, and then I saw a jewelry box open and close. And then she says, I just went upstairs and I was telling my grandma to tell you about the jewelry box. And so all morning long, this was going on. And I was like, oh my God, the floodgates open. Hasn't stopped since. Right. <laughs> and it's almost like because you acknowledged it for the first time ever, really, Absolutely. and said, either give this to me, I want to know about it or turn it off. It's like the universe is like, okay, let's do Absolutely. this. Absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. That's why I'm always telling people, like, figure out what you want and ask the universe for it. Or if you don't yeah. want something, tell them I can't do this. You know, take this away. Yeah. Like I always simply said was take it away or make it stronger. So I understand it. I have got to have some clarity in this because it literally was just pushing me over the edge sometimes of like not yeah. knowing and not understanding of it. It was just so weird. And then all those little things just started happening and then boom, that was it. As soon as I took that class, I knew and everything just kind of fell into place and I just love it now. I'm like, this is so awesome. Amazing. And do you think divine timing is at play with where if you had tried this maybe earlier in your life that it wouldn't have been the right timing or what do you think about that? Absolutely. I feel it was exactly the right timing. I don't know if I could have emotionally handled it. I don't mm -hmm. think the, my eight, but the kids uh, ages of uh, my mm -hmm. daughters at the ages that they were, I don't know if I could have given it as much time or energy and I probably would have kept on putting it off and the universe would have been like, eh, well, maybe she's not so serious about it, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. but um, I think it was exact timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're so right that the universe does say, oh, you want this? And then they give you a little test, like, we'll see. Yeah. And and it, we'll see if you really want it, right? So talk about a little bit, once you did start to develop this and you had joined the class and you had realized, okay, I'm a medium, I can do this and explore this and grow this. Did you feel better in your own skin? Did you feel generally less anxious or? Oh, great yeah. question. Great question. Because I had so many fears because of everything I felt all the time. And I, and I didn't have like mm -hmm. an understanding of it. I would close my eyes and in my mind's eye, I can see thousands of spirits standing next to me and they mm -hmm. all wanted to talk, but I didn't know what to say to them or where to, and I would just open my eyes and be like, <sighs> and panic, just panic, panic, panic. And so I slept with lights on. I slept with TV on. I don't think I got a good night's sleep since I was a little girl. I, I just don't remember ever really getting a good night's sleep because it started to come more and more and more as I got older too. And um, I heard uh, words every now and then. I definitely heard my name several times, just very strong, just mm -hmm. Teresa. And I'm like, oh my God, who just said that? Because I was alone in the house. Kids were at school. Husband was at work. And there's no way somebody would have said Teresa just, you know, in my house. And it scared me to death. It's just like, I would go outside. I would sit in the middle of the grass outside. I didn't want to be alone with any, you know, I, I would go to a neighbor's house, weird things like that. So as soon as I started to take acknowledgement and that I was a medium and realized they're just spirits trying to communicate with me, 
every single bit of my fear is gone. I can be in a dark room now. I can sleep by myself. I can be, I can be in the middle of the woods by myself. And that was something I couldn't do. I, I love hiking and I love mm. being by myself in the woods. The only time I kind of get a little fear uh, is if um, there's this one area in the Oregon coast right above the Hasita lighthouse. And every time I hiked it by myself, I got panic stricken. Come to find out it's a jump off point for suicide people. I was just, yep. yeah, I got, I got a little flash yep. in my mind clairvoyantly yep. when you said that. And, yeah. and it was like, Oh, so it holds an energy. Ooh, it holds the energy. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was feeling. So it wasn't fear. It was actually, I was just feeling all their pain and it would like yeah. overwhelm me. And that's the only time in nature that I ever felt very overwhelmed. Otherwise I could be by myself in the woods for hours and where I couldn't do that years ago. Cause it would like every little thing would bug me and haunt me and, and scare me and startle me. And I'm kind of a jumpy person and I still am just, be, I think because it was so trained for so long, like I get like jumpy really quickly, but I don't get jumpy from spirit and, um, mm-hmm. anymore. Like I know they're there. They stopped showing themselves to me about four years ago. Cause I pulled my 38 special on one. Cause I thought it was a human being standing in my doorway. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I lived alone and this man standing in my doorway and I had just locked the house up and all of a sudden I thought I was going to get attacked. And so I had my gun and I just pulled it and I almost fired it and then he disappeared. And I was like, I told the universe right then and there, I do not want to see another spirit. I have no reason to. Mm-hmm. And, um, they completely acknowledged that. And I've not seen one since. And Good so, for you. And that brings me to a question as well about energetic boundaries. Do you think that took a, um, like a learning curve for you once you did to start to develop or was it quite fast when you realized, oh, I'm a medium and actually I have a little bit of control over my connection here with energetic boundaries. It sounded like because before you knew and you were just this highly sensitive energy, sensitive person, you didn't know that you could kind of direct it a little bit so did that change just when you developed or did you have to practice that a little bit more it was actually my development teacher that told me how much power we actually have and I believed it Mm -hmm. I actually took that in one day and I realized she is a hundred percent right she she that truth was there and it was the first time that I put it to practice um I put it to practice that day when I stopped seeing them and I put it to practice when um my dog went crazy. My puppy was going crazy because I was practicing for a um, a huge group. We we were we we had sold like sixty tickets, and it was we were still practicing mediums, and we sold like sixty tickets. And I was like, oh god, oh god, oh god, there's gonna be sixty, you know, different sets of eyes on me, and and my other cohorts, and we're like, oh, and so we're kind of stressed out, and um, I had practiced the night before and I was letting spirit come in and, and I was like, okay, who's going to be there tomorrow. So I can kind of have like a lineup and it just makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. And I write the whole time. Like I, I had like pages and pages of, of notes and that calms me down mm-hmm. and I still do that. And, um, I got up to go into the bedroom to take off my shoes and get ready for bed. And I didn't, I didn't close out. I didn't say, all right, spirit, I'll see you tomorrow night. So my dog was following me and stood at the doorway and looked right above me and started barking. I didn't even know the dog could bark. He was a new puppy and I'd never even heard his bark. He did like little, but this man, he looked right above me and he was going, and I was like, oh, oh, oh. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I said, I'm sorry to the little puppy. And then I said, I am so sorry, spirit. I invited you here and you're more than welcome. But right now I need to go to bed. And if you don't leave this space, I will not be there tomorrow night for the show. So I bid you all farewell. 
gone. He jumped up on the bed, laid down on my lap and went to sleep. It was, it was just like that. And it was that law of the universe that, that, that we do have this ability. We do have the ability to say no. And so I think that's the first thing that people who want to be a medium or get into the spiritual work is understand there's boundaries and you have every right to put those boundaries up and to be um, okay with that. And they need to be okay with that. Right. And you'll feel better for it when you do it. Definitely. (laughs) It can drain us otherwise. It can drain us and it can give us a lot of fears we don't need. Yeah. hundred percent. Now I feel like a lot of people do have the ability to connect if they want to. You said even your daughter has this gift, but she doesn't use it. So I think what we've talked about even applies to those who, oh, I'm not going to be a medium for a living. You know what I mean? And so they can practice this kind of stuff in their everyday life and it might make them feel a little bit better or less generalized anxiety because actually they were picking up energies and didn't really realize it the whole time. Right. Absolutely. I mean, studying about this, I think, um, and, and learning your own gifts and your own talents and, and just how much, um, ability you have is so important for anybody with it. And we, I think we all do have the ability. I really think we do, but I think we are born mediums or we're not. I think, um, I think everybody's very intuitive and I think we all just don't use our intuitiveness enough in our, in our natural mm-hmm. instincts. And mm-hmm. I, I do think people would be a lot less stressed and a lot less anxious if they just opened up to it, understood it. And if that's all they want to do, yeah. that's fine. Leave it, leave it on the, leave yeah. it on the table, but at least acknowledge it. And you'll have a, I think a lot less stress. I think we'd have a lot less people on anxiety medications. I think we would have a lot less people in, uh, in the system, you know, in, uh, institutions, if they just were able to understand it. I mean, even Teresa Caputo goes on and on about how overwhelmed she was. She took medications. She wanted to go in the loony bin for God's sake. She was like, I'm crazy. I'm crazy. And it was, I believe Pat Longo who told her, you're just a medium, honey. You just feel everybody's energy. And it was just like this instant. She's like, oh, oh. It didn't solve all her problems because she still had some anxiety about this, that, and the other. But I think it's because she had already been that way for so long. It's hard to kind of switch gears and go back, Mm -hmm. you know, to be anything other than who you are. And um, I'm a very anxious person. And I'd say, and a lot of times I have anxiety. I have a lot of stupid fears about like driving and this and that. And I think a lot of it is like past lives. Um, I get flashes yeah. of things and I'm just like, that does not make any sense to me. Why did I get that? I'll see uh, myself involved in like a really bad car accident. I've had friends that say, don't go driving this weekend. I saw you in a really bad car accident. I'm like, oh God, thanks. Okay. You know, <laughs> like, don't, don't put more in my head. But I think a lot of it is just our past lives and experiences we've had or things that could have happened and didn't because we didn't. So whatever the case may be, I think it's just in our head. And I'm one of those people that has to be the driver. <laughs> not to say I don't trust other people's driving. It has nothing to do with that. I tell my husband that all the time. I go, you're a great driver. It has nothing to do with that. It's my anxiety. And when I'm focused on something, I'm a lot less anxious. So if I drive, mm-hmm. I'm a lot less anxious and a lot, lot better yeah. person to be around for the rest of the day. <laughs> totally understand that. Um, yeah, past life fears are a real thing. And I feel like sometimes they might not ever go away. <laughs> Uh, sometimes people work through their past lives with uh, hypnosis or quantum healing, stuff like that. And that's really of interest to me. Okay. So you just said something when you were talking there about how the future, 
you said, oh, maybe that would have been the future, but it changed. Let's talk about that a little bit because a lot of people want to see psychics to tell them their future. And that's all well and good, but it doesn't really exactly work that way. In my it doesn't. Yeah, I, I feel the same way as you. People do always want, um, uh, you know, oh, can you tell me a little about this and that? And I said, all I can do is let you know how I'm feeling about this. Like I have a gal who was, I never met her, didn't know anything about her. She came to my house and I said, I feel a move coming. I feel you're going to be moving. And I said, I feel really good about this move. Like things are going to like fall into place. I had no idea she was planning to move. She goes, I'm moving in a couple of weeks. <laughs> She didn't ask me directly. I am the one that brought it up. And so I would rather be the one to bring it up in a reading when I'm doing a reading than someone say, yeah. tell me about my future. I don't want to do that because I don't know what your future looks like. We have free will. We can change it in any, any, any time. Yeah. This woman, little to what I knew, was already planning this move. All I did was say, I feel a move coming and I feel like you're going to have a little stumbling block. And then I feel like things are going to work into place and da, 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 da. And it's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. Yeah. And I feel really good about that. I didn't predict her future. It was already on the roll of happening. And she right. felt really good. Exactly. Yeah. She felt really good that I confirmed it for her. So I like to do more confirmations and I like to do like, Oh, I'm going to predict this. I'm going to predict that. And I don't think we should ever go to anybody and ask what our future looks like. Our future is just not even there. You know, it's not there yet. And, yeah. and we can't predict yeah. it and we shouldn't. I think it's, um, it can really mess with, mess with our minds. Like if it didn't happen, it's just like, why didn't that happen? Then you got like this other disappointment and it didn't need to be a disappointment. I 100% agree. And that's why I just wanted to touch on that because I feel like uh, it's just shifting the narrative a little bit about what a psychic or medium yes. is. There's all this media portrayal or things in the movies and, and a lot of it is read my future. And it's like, mm, it's not exactly like that. Right. Right. <laughs> there are very few things that are set in stone. Very, very Absolutely. few things that are set in stone in somebody's future. So um, and even still they may not happen at a specific time or whatever i'm thinking about maybe having children or getting married sure those things might be in the soul mm -hmm. contract or whatever but we don't know yeah. when or or yeah. how or what yeah. yeah cool we're of agreement <laughs> on that all right so you said you had a knowing all your life and and had that claircognizance really going for you when you really started to develop and you said you started to see then did a whole bunch of things come online for you once you made that intention to okay I'm going to develop this did you then get sight smell sound all the oh, different absolutely. things absolutely yeah I definitely have all the clairs at, at one point or another yeah. I definitely can smell uh, and, and it's funny, they changed it up on me. Spirit changed up on me. I used to get the smell and now I just thought, oh, you're smelling. And they, I, I feel this. I see this like this little um, symbol. And I'm like, oh, they're showing me that you have a smell associated with your mom. And I keep on seeing flowers. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's what it is. Or I'll see freshly baked cookies. I'm not necessarily smelling it anymore, which is interesting. But I'm seeing this little, this little right above the nose. They just, I mean, right at the nose level, they just kind of go. Doop. And I'm like, oh, that's my symbol. And um, I can hear I can hear sounds from spirit. I don't like them. So they choose not to really work me that way. It sounds like kind of like when you pick up a large shell and you put that shell up to you, that ocean sound, that's what it's 
feels like when spirit's trying to talk to me in my ear and I don't like it and it really bothers my senses. So I tell them to please stop. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I have the, the knowing I have the, uh, visions I see to my third eye and I can see spirit, which like I told you, I'd choose not to. So I pretty much have all have experienced every single Claire as they call it. Amazing. I love that. And I love how it's evolved as you've gone on. Like every reading really is practice and knowledge for us too, right? We're always learning. Yeah. So because it's, you don't need to smell the smell anymore because you're getting, you're you're having a familiar communication with, even though it's a totally different spirit or whatever that you're communicating with. So I love that. That's funny that that you use the word evolved because I use that a lot. I'm like, Oh, everything kind of evolves a little bit when, when I'm doing readings, I remember being in having an aha moment in a group. (laughs) It was like 40 people. I was in a group setting and I remember going like, I'm asking spirit for their names, but for some reason they don't want to give me names anymore. I guess it's not important anymore. And it was like an aha moment. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I used to spend, so much time trying to get like their name to confirm their name and then one day spirit just casually told me it's not important what's more important is you get my essence you get my characteristics you get a feeling and you get to show that person who I was and what I meant to them and I was like oh my god it was like this aha right in the middle of 40 people staring at me (laughs) I was like oh oh that was so cool and I loved that I was like this um, awakening yes yeah, I can totally relate to that 100%. And it's like, <laughs> hold on a second. I'm learning something here. <laughs> it's so true. We get, like you said, we learn something about ourselves through every reading. I keep my books when I read. When I do my readings, I write the whole time. And I actually label them and I keep them in a in a box in my closet. And I'll go through them and I'll pull things out of something that I need. And I'll just be like, I feel like I need something today. And I'll, and I'll be like, well, right then and there. I'm like, ah. it's like I'm being drawn to that exact experience for myself. And so if we keep on looking at life as a new experience every day, we're not going to get bored. That's for sure. And you're always going to learn more because I'll never know yeah. everything about mediumship. Uh, uh, never. I will never know it all. I, I can honestly say that because I definitely learn something every single day. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And isn't that cool that you can go back into your books because the the reading really isn't just for the sitter or just for the spirit. It's for us too. And it's really a triangle effect. It's affecting everybody in such a cool way and healing way, even though it's not our situation that we're reading into. We do get oh, something absolutely, out of it, right? 100%. And I always tell people, thank you for the experience because I enjoyed it too, you know, because I truly do. I just wrote, uh, I was on Facebook this morning and, and I came across one of those things that says, what's your why? Why do you do what you're doing? And this and that. And I posted that and I said, I look back at my reviews on my page and stuff like that as not a reminder of like what I did. It's a reminder of, of, of like the feeling and how I affected somebody and that this is my why this is, I'm a medium because of this and for them to say something so awesome and amazing about their experience it wasn't to make me feel better it's it's just to you know I I didn't I don't do it for that I do it to remind myself my why like I'm doing this is my part of my journey on this earth and I'm supposed to experience this and it's a constant reminder yeah and so yeah I'm glad that I have my books to look back on too and the reviews and stuff because it's like that's my why 
<laughs> and that's a good lesson for people to write things down. I just said that recently on the podcast is I, especially early on in development, wrote a lot of things down, like signs and synchronicities and, and symbols I was getting from spirit. And, and after the reading, I would write down neat things that I learned and stuff. I've kind of come away from that, but I do write in readings as well. Funny? I do. Um, mine is a little bit of gibber, like it's kind of pictures and scribbles. Oh yeah, he scribbles like the whole time. <laughs> yeah, so mine's kind of like a mixture of that, but with real words and and stuff like that in in the mix, and and drawings and things like that in the mix. So mine would look like somebody would pick that up and think I need to be <laughs> yes. in an institution. <laughs> a lot of my people want to have a picture of it afterwards, and I'm like. Oh, okay. I look like a, like a third grader or maybe a kindergartner wrote it, but okay. <laughs> like, it's really just like, from my understanding more than anything, but, and it's a place to direct my anxiety. Like, even as we speak right now, I'm rubbing my amethyst stone because I have ADHD, mm -hmm. I have anxiety and stuff. And this gives me a place to kind of put it and to hone into something to calm me down. And when I'm doing the writing and I'm rubbing this with the other hand, I have something to do. And it keeps my mind off of yeah. being anxious. And I mean, a medium with anxiety, huh? you know, it's like <laughs> we got ghosts over here and my spirits talking and communicating and I'm seeing pictures and smells and all this stuff going on. And, and I'm trying to process it all, but this is the one time in my life where my ADHD pays off. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We need people with ADHD. I hate how it's become stigmatized and labeled yeah. as a disorder because it really is in the very small box that society paints us into as mm -hmm. normal, meaning be in a classroom for six hours right. and sit still. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> you know, evolutionarily speaking, we need people with ADHD Absolutely. to always be aware yeah. of things and, you know, get distracted by the thing that might be killing yes. the village. I 100% agree. I think there's a useful tool there. I always tell people it's because I have 36 tabs open at all times. They're able to all these different spirits. Like sometimes I feel six or seven spirits at one time. And they're all ganging up on me, but I can literally write it down and understand a little bit from each one and relate it to my person yeah. sitting here or relate it to the person online. Yeah. And they're like, how did you just do that? And it's just like, it's just how I take an information. It's been my whole life. So it's very normal for me. Amazing. And so that's so funny because spirit does work with us so uniquely because we're all individuals with our own energy as mediums. I feel like we get uh, the communication so different like I would get it so differently than you, even though we're using mm -hmm. clairs and we're, we're, we're kind of doing the same thing. I'm going to receive a message so Absolutely. differently than you are. And yeah, based on how our life is and how our personality is and how our Absolutely. mind works, right? And the one thing I always talk to people before I do a reading, one of the first things I say is, have you talked to somebody about how I work? And that way I don't, you know, do a spiel the same. Uh, and they're like, oh, no, da, 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 da. I'm like, okay, so I'm feeling spirit. They're showing me pictures, colors, numbers, experiences. They have to go off my frame of reference. If I do not understand from an experience of what they're showing me, I cannot relate that. If I have never been to the Bahamas and they're trying to show me the Bahamas, I'm not going to know they're showing me the Bahamas. 
But what I can say is mm-hmm. I'm seeing a tropical place. I'm seeing water and I'm seeing, yeah. I'm looking out of an airplane and I'm seeing this beautiful island. I can say that, but I've never been to the Bahamas. So yeah. they're working off of my limited frame of reference from that experience. So if somebody who's a computer genius and they're trying to show me these components of a computer, I'm not going to know what the heck they're showing me. And so they don't show it to mm-hmm. me that way. And if they turn to you, I say, please show yeah. it to me in a different way. And Interesting. Yep. Okay. So yeah, you're having a two-way street, like a conversation in a sense with the spirit and saying, Oh, I'm not yep. getting it. Can you, Absolutely. can you switch it for me? Yeah. yeah. Like I'll yep. get a, um, uh, I'll get like a, say a necklace or something like that. And I'm like, okay, I see the necklace and I'm trying to show what the, and, and so I have to literally say to the person I'm seeing a necklace, but I feel like there's more to it. And then I see a necklace changed into a ring or vice versa. And I'm like, oh, they're showing me that a piece of jewelry was changed into something else and they're okay with that. And nine out of 10 times they're like, oh my God, yeah, we just changed the settings. We took the settings out of my grandmother's ring and we made it into three necklaces for all the sisters. And it's just like, oh, I'm seeing it in one way, but I have to explain in a way that they'll understand it because I may butcher it if I try to change it too much. So I simply just kind of stick with the basics. And to them, it made sense. To me, it didn't make any sense at all. Right. And then if you do start reading into it a little bit too much and trying to decipher what the message is, then it It gets all garbled, right? Yeah. And it can really change the true message. So I do try to tell people, I'm just trying to give you the basics of what I'm seeing and I'm not going to try and decipher it because it's not fair to ruin it. The message could be very simple and clear and understanding you. And then I ruin it with my, with my being a human. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I'm sure spirit really appreciates that about you and your We need to keep it very simplistic. (laughs) And for anybody who's listening and wants to be a medium, keeping it simplistic is the most important part. Just writing down what you see. I always tell people, what do you see? What do you feel? And write that down. Don't write anything else down from it. Don't try to read into it. Don't make it, don't elaborate these big stories or anything. Just keep it simple. And that's how I was taught. And I'm like, I'm so glad I was, I was taught that way. Yeah. That is a huge, important lesson for new people, people who are setting out to do readings for the first time, because um, it can feel kind of like you want to over explain sometimes and, and just to keep it simple is actually the best way. Hey, I'm wondering, what do you think about, and you'd mentioned that you were in San Diego in that room and there was a spirit in there and you said, why'd you put me in the haunted room? What do you think about that? Is our hauntings real? Are ghosts real? What are ghosts? Talk a little bit about your Sure. I mean, I've had experiences with both, so definitely makes sense. Um, I think the more fears we have, the bigger it becomes because I think it grows. So I think that's why I was having such Mm -hmm. a, a, a horrible experience in the room because I felt a presence and I didn't understand it and I wasn't, you know, understanding the whole thing. It comes to find out it was my girlfriend moved a picture of her husband's mother. She had died 20 years earlier out of her room and put it in that room. And it was on my right side where I was feeling all the energy. And when I talked to her later that evening about the haunted room, I said, I feel his mother was angry that her, that the picture was removed 
And she says, oh my God. And she put it back and it like calmed the house down because she was feeling the the home energy too. It was like this, you already forgot about mm -hmm. me. You're not even looking at my picture now kind of a thing. And that's why I was feeling it. Plus she knew I was a sensitive. So of course she was going to be over me. But um, when I was a kid, I did mm -hmm. see ghosts and they did scare me and they, they were always mm -hmm. staring at me. And then they didn't say anything and I didn't understand why they were just staring at me and my sisters didn't see them. My brother didn't see him. My mom didn't see him. So they must've been bad. And I think that's another part of it is it's our perception. And so, yes, I think there are some spirits out there that are kind of lower level energies and they pick up the energy of the earth. They chose not to cross over. My dad was one of them. He chose not to cross over when he crossed, when uh, he died. And uh, I felt it immediately wow. while my daughter kept on seeing him in my office in the corner, staring in the wall in the dark. Does that sound like something a spirit would do? No, that's something a ghost would do. That's something a spirit that got kind of stuck and didn't want to cross over would do. Spirits are just, you know, to me, the spirits are the white lights, the only ones I communicate with. And if I feel them, they're of the white light. They crossed over. It's very easy to uh, connect with them. And that's all I ask for in a reading, spirits of the white light. Are invited only da 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 but um i think ghosts and and uh, hauntings and all that are real i think mm -hmm. us not having enough information about them is what it grows as how it grows and makes it more fantastic yeah. and more scary and and then you know a lot of people love scary stuff and they watch movies and they get all these scary movies well i stopped watching scary movies a long time ago because what i was discovering was they were mixing with what was going on with spirit already. And so in my dreams, everything was mixed up. And so things were more scary. And then when I saw a spirit yeah, or felt 100%. a spirit, it became more scary because I already put that up. And so it's really about our mind and, and kind of uh, keeping our mind clean and away from all of that. You don't like scary movies either. Oh, I just love everything you said. I, I couldn't agree more. No, I, I absolutely loved scary movies when I was younger, like I'd say mm -hmm. teenager or, you know, early 20s. I don't know why I loved them. I, I, I liked that it was about, well, typically yes. like ghost type movies and stuff. I like, I just like the topic, always have. And your interests are there for yeah. a reason, part of a calling, yeah. both you and I yeah. kind of have gone through, right? But I do not partake in scary movies whatsoever anymore. And it's kind of exactly what you said is like, I don't want that in my mind. I don't want that energy because your thoughts can call mm -hmm. in things. And I 100% agree with you that spirits are all spirits and and ghosts are of course spirits uh and have for whatever reason chosen right. not to go over and the word chosen to me is really really important when talking about that because i'm not saying right. that they can't <laughs> or that something evil is is holding them or whatever it's self-deprecating right. more than anything yeah, yeah. When, yes. uh, when i felt my dad yeah not had not crossed over it's because my, my you know I love my dad he made a lot of poor choices when he was younger he had a lot of regrets and a lot of like fear of the other side and we talked about that before he even passed just a couple of weeks before he passed and uh he had he had cancer and he knew he was dying and so it was coming to an end for him and he knew it and I think it just scared the bejesus out of him that he didn't you know make the best choices in life and blah 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 blah, blah. and so um I actually was getting a reading done uh, and getting some spiritual work done from a gal here in Eugene. And she goes, Oh, 
your father hasn't crossed over. And it was before I uh, really got into my mediumship. And I said, I thought so. And I said, my daughter keeps on seeing him in my office, staring at a dark ball in the corner. And she goes, oh yeah, he's, he's just stuck. And she says, let's help him. And the second that we started it, I felt a difference and she was a shaman. And so it was really a cool experience. And, um, she taught me how to, how to help him cross over and how to make, make him feel comfortable. The second he crossed over immediately, I felt it. I felt this peace and I felt this mm-hmm. like who the different energy in the room, a different energy. When I went home, my daughter yeah. stopped seeing him. I didn't even tell her what had happened. She stopped seeing him. And uh, it was like, who this peace just came across. And I was like, oh, that's all he needed. He just needed that reassurance, that love, and that knowing that everything was going to be okay. And he didn't have to worry about it. And, and so seeing it firsthand was pretty cool. Very, very cool. I have been privy to a uh, quote ghost also moving on. And it was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. But I do like talking about that topic with people. And I really, really love your perspective, not only because it echoes mine, but because I feel like a lot of uh, mediums or spiritual teachers or psychics get really stuck into the love and light. Everything is love and light. Once it's, once you're crossed, there's no chance you could be stuck. And it's like, yeah, I don't necessarily, I, I can't, I can't get into that because we are spirit now in our human body. It, it's not like all of a sudden we're right. sucked away. We do have free will once we're out as yep. well. And so a lot of ghosts are experiencing their free will <laughs> to their mm-hmm. detriment in a sense, because they're not moving over. And maybe that is why people are a little bit afraid of spirit sometimes, because they can feel the energy of the regrets or the True. low vibe in yeah. the, the ghost. But also a lot about what we were talking about earlier is just not acknowledging that they're sensitive to energies and, and just doing that would help a lot too. So yeah, thank you for your perspective on that. Okay. So your daughter and and you've talked about how she could see them and and she doesn't do that for her work for mediumship but i'm sure you being her mother she has an understanding and maybe feels okay with it talk a little bit about kids and how people can address their kids or children if they are telling mom or dad oh i saw so and so and and maybe they're freaked yeah. out maybe they're not how should they maybe address that? I love this subject. Yes, I love the subjects because um, uh, I've actually helped quite a few um, mothers and fathers with with issues with their kids at home. With you know, they're, they've addressed it with me, and oh, I love the subject. First of all, I always tell people keep it completely normalized. That is wonderful. I am mm-hmm. so happy to know that you can see them, that you can feel them. What a wonderful thing. Don't let, let them feel weird. Don't let it feel abnormal. What a special, wonderful gift you have. That's awesome. So normalize it and then say uh, questions like, can you show me what they look like? Can you draw me a picture depending on the age? You know, let them know they don't have to be afraid that it most likely is grandma or grandpa or, you know, somebody who's passed or something and they're just there and they're protecting them and loving them. So kind of start a conversation who they think it is, what's going on, um, but completely normalize it. I think that's the biggest thing. One of the things I used Mm -hmm. to see in friends' houses and stuff is like monster spray next to the bed with watering glitter in it. If you see the monster (laughs) spray it, what are you telling your kid? 
that's a monster right away. You've already developed a relationship with something that's not good. And so instead of saying like, oh, you know, that could be grandma that passed away and you never met her. And she was a really special lady. And I bet you Mm -hmm. she's just watching over you in your sleep because she loves you. Keep it more of that positive. And so that's the way that I like to talk to kids. My granddaughter uh, in spirit came to me before my daughter even knew she was pregnant. So two weeks before my daughter announced she was pregnant, this little girl was around and I didn't know who the heck she was. I I wasn't doing a reading that day. I was meditating and I was like, that's an interesting energy. That's new. That was new to me. And I was like, but who mm-hmm. does she belong to? I immediately got on the phone and texted my hairdresser, my daughter's hairdresser, because they're in the same shop and everybody was trying to get pregnant at the same time. <laughs> and I'm thinking, ooh, one of them's pregnant, mm-hmm. you know? And they both said no. And they said, well, what about your daughter? And I said, she's not trying to get pregnant. She hasn't let me know. Well, little did I know she was. She just didn't want to say anything because she didn't know if she could. And so um, if she could get pregnant or not. And so... Um, and she told me two weeks later, I was giggling and she goes, what? And I go, well, now I know who the little girl is. And she goes, no. And I'm like, yeah, there was a little girl about two weeks ago. And I showed her the messages from two weeks prior. And she's like, that would have been when I got pregnant. <laughs> so it was like fast. It was like fast. <laughs> and then, um, of course, my granddaughter passed at 28 weeks, but she's come to me many, many times since and given me messages, uh, told me she was having a baby brother. My daughter is now pregnant with a little boy. And so she's mm. been there. She's given me messages. She's given me thoughts, ideas, book ideas, all kinds of stuff. And I just take it all in stride. And so, you know, baby energy on the other side is pretty amazing. Kid energy is pretty amazing. But I could see why it could be very upsetting for, you know, little kids and this and that, seeing something mm. in the closet. My daughter had a, a spirit in the closet for years. It would stare at her. It would just stare at her. And mm. she had another one outside her bedroom window that would stare at her. And I couldn't help her because I really wasn't understanding of it all way back when. She's 20, almost 25 years old now. So this goes yeah. way back. It was not something that I understood. And it scared the bejesus out of me too, you know? <laughs> but um, now that I know it, at least I know I can help my, my grandson, you know, because I'm sure he's going to have a lot of the same things that, yeah. you know, his mom has and me and being in the family blood, you know, a lot of people ends up being, you know... Yeah. <laughs> ends up being the, the same with um, seeing spirits and understanding spirits. But yeah, my daughter's had more yeah. negative experience and that's why she doesn't practice where I've had more positive uh-huh. experiences because I push the negative away. I have really, since I was very young, just like, no, no, no. But since I built up my boundaries and all that, if she would just do that, she would probably have some pretty dang good experiences and she's not ready yet. That's okay. Yeah. I was that's just going to say, she's still that's young right. yet. So that's good. Yeah, and I love what you say about um, making it normalized for the child because a lot of the fear that they get is from just it's it's a totally unknown thing, and it's not right. really talked about in our in our society right. in our world very much. So if they do go to the parent and say, "Oh, this is what I saw," for the parent to just say, "Oh, interesting," and and not make it like a, a yep. scary thing, <laughs> even though they may have some fear around it, then please don't put that on your kids because they might be scared of spirit for the rest of their own life. <laughs> It's so much of what the parent says because Mm -hmm. they are literally watching everything we do. And I've had had, uh, clients here and online and they're just like, well, our whole house is haunted. And how are you guys presenting it to the children? 
well, you know, they know we're scared. And I'm like, well, of course they're going to be scared then. So you guys have got to start talking about it in a very matter of fact way. Like, oh, you know, I think, um, I yeah. think, you know, there was an experience this morning and, and yeah, I bet you it was grandma or I bet you it was this or da, 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 da. I wonder what they want to tell us. There must be some awesome news to tell us da, 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 da. If you make the conversation more yeah. natural, the kids are going to pick that up too, instead of the scary, 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 because kids growing up in a house that's haunted is already scary enough, but the parents start talking about it and mm-hmm. making it scarier. Those kids are never going to sleep in their own beds again. I just got shivers. I, I was with a, a group of lady friends a week or two ago, and and of course I was there. So naturally, spirit came up in conversation <laughs> after a few. You know, this isn't necessarily a group of women who are kind of similar to me in that way. They are. You know, it wouldn't come up unless I'm there. But of course, I was there, so it did come up. And one of the women opened up in that she had an absolutely terrifying experience in a house that she lived in with her sister. She would have to babysit her sister in there alone and sounded to me like they had actual ghosts. And she told us stories and I could just see how terrified she was. And this was 30 years plus prior. And it's, Oh my goodness. She's still carrying around a little piece of that fear that she felt at that age. And I, mm. I just really felt for her. And, and it's funny cause I knew she, she described the house and it's in our town here that we live in now. And I knew exactly <laughs> what house that she was talking about. Cause I had stopped on the street and looked at it for whatever reason, a couple of weeks prior, I stopped dead on the street in my car and my kids were like, what are you looking at that house for? And I was like, I don't know. And then two weeks later, she tells me of all this stuff that happened when she was in that house. Oh, my goodness. But you bring up an interesting thing, too, with the kids is a lot of times, and sure, we've just talked about how ghosts are a real thing, a real thing that happens. But a lot of times, and especially with the kids, it's family. You said, oh, it's grandma. It's grandma sitting there in the bed or whoever it is. I'd say 95% of the time so. it's their own family and they're there. They're, they're part of their family, you know? So the, the spirit doesn't forget the child right. just because the child doesn't know them. So, yeah. And my own son has experienced something like that. And I was so proud of him when he realized what it was, he came up to me and he said, did uncle Dave used to be pretty funny and, and, joke around a lot and I said yeah and Uncle Dave has passed away and and I said yeah and he's like oh okay and I could sense he was really Aww. turning that around in his mind I said why and he said because sometimes he taps me on the shoulder and he pokes me like a little and 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 to him he he put it together because it felt okay like it felt right. kind of funny and jokey and then he realized oh we have uncle dave in spirit and you know i don't even really right. talk to him all, all that much about that Aww. he came up with this on his own and i was like you know what you're right hun that that probably was your uncle dave and good for you for recognizing that i was like way to go i, I had a little love proud that i there. love that i think um um the more that they uh understand that at an early age, the safer, the feeling they're going to have and people grow into it. One of the things I also like to uh, tell people, adults and kids is kind of like sit quietly when you're feeling this energy and just kind of close your eyes 
see what it feels like to your body. We don't do that enough. Is it feeling like it's behind you and breathing in your neck and making you feel freaked out? Or is it like that loving feeling of like patting your shoulder, rubbing your shoulder like a grandmother or a mother would do? What does it feel like to your body? We just don't do that enough. We have become the society of just like, don't listen to your feelings anymore. We have the instincts to be able to protect ourselves and to understand what's around us. That's what we were given. Just like a deer in the woods, they hear a noise, yes. they, they stop, they hear that and they run. Why are you going to wait? You know, don't, yeah. don't hesitate, get the feeling understand it and react to it. And that's the same with spirit. See what it feels like. Is it that nasty one that's standing behind you breathing in your neck and you just feel that eber-jebers from it? Or are you feeling a sense of like, oh, they're okay. Like you said, 95% of them or more are going to be those ones that are just, they're just there. They're just there. They're loving you, protecting you. They're seeing our everyday life. They want to know what we're doing. It's part of, it, they're, they're our ancestry mm -hmm. line. It's oh, yeah. our bloodline. And just like my granddaughter has not left me, mm -hmm. she's still my granddaughter in spirit. She is my blood. She was there before I even knew she was mm -hmm. pregnant, and, you know, with her. And she's there afterwards. And this is a, coming on two years. And so she's not going to leave. Yeah. There's no reason for her to leave. She knows I can feel her. She wants to be part of my life. And she is. She's going to stay that way. We yeah. just need to be okay with, like, uh, with it and understand the feeling of our body. And then we can... I think we'd be a lot more settled in our own skin, in our own homes, if we did that. A girlfriend just asked me a little while ago, I was talking to her before I talked to you, and she goes, because I just moved to a new house, and um, it's a 1949 house, and it's a little farmhouse, and it's on like three quarters of an acre, and so of course, you know, we definitely have some energy if, you know, <laughs> and uh, when I was painting and getting the house renovated, I kept on seeing things on the side of my peripheral, and and I knew it. I didn't mm -hmm. respond to it and I didn't give it any energy. And I was here alone by myself a lot um, doing it, doing the, the painting and the cleanup mm -hmm. and stuff. And so I remember one day I just sat on a chair, I brought a chair in and I'm just like, all right. And I said, I'm Teresa. We just bought this house. And yes, as you can see, we're doing some things to it, but we love this home and we're going to make it ours. And I want to thank you for inviting me in your space because I don't feel like I'm in any danger here. And I thank you for that. I haven't seen one little iota since. I haven't felt one little iota since. It's like we got a little agreement with each other and they're fine and I'm fine. Stop seeing the peripheral ones. They stop, you know, they stop giving me those feelings. And I not had one problem. I've been in the house a lot alone, not one problem. And so it's just a matter mm -hmm. of like taking it in, understanding and let them know who you are. Absolutely. And I'm always saying to people when they are talking to me about, oh, I'm afraid of this or that, or I've been seeing this and they... I can sense they have a little bit of the fear of the unknown. And I say, you got to own your energy. Yes. You got to own your space. Yes. This is your space. It's yours. And you can fill it with yourself and your love. And you can clear the energy with smoke or do whatever helps you feel better. But really just doing a little exercise of sitting down and building up your power and, and feeling into your heart and being like a little care bear and beaming that love feeling and your own energy out into your space. It can be incredibly transformative and you won't necessarily get those little hits of, of spirit. Absolutely. Uh, don't want I, I like, anymore. I love so that owning your own space and taking ownership of it and letting them know this is just, this is what I'm doing here. No one's going to stop me from this. If I felt any differently, yeah. I probably wouldn't want to live here. If I 
felt like, like, a like I was being yeah, watched exactly. all the time or I was being, um, bothered. I, I probably would leave it because they're, they're not, uh, um, they're not accepting my boundaries. And that's when you got a little bit of an issue, yeah, you know, yeah. and so I'm like, mm, that's probably when yeah. I would tell the hubby, I'm sorry, we just moved here, but we need to leave. <laughs> When we were looking at the house back in yeah. November, I asked him to leave and go to the shop to go look at the shop so I can walk in the house by myself. Uh-huh. So I walked in the house by myself yep. and walked through and it was probably 20 degrees outside. So the house was freezing because no one lived here. So it was like shivering cold. And I got my camera on, my, my uh, video camera on, on my phone and I just started going around and I looked through every room and I listened and I felt and I was like, oh, I feel good here. And I was able to mm-hmm. walk through every room without getting any kind of uncomfortable feeling. And so when he came back and he goes, how's it feel? And I go, feels great. Yeah. He goes, oh, good, because we're making an offer. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know he really loves the shop. <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. And yeah, you definitely want to feel comfortable in your own home. Uh, okay, before we go, Teresa, I know I've kept you a long time, over an hour here, but I just want to know, do you have some kind of a practice or a routine that you do before you sit I down? I do. do I always um, take at least 10 to 15 minutes before it. And I calm my energy down. I kind of do, I kind of check my anxiety, kind of see where I'm at. If I'm feeling a little anxious, I do a very uh, deep meditation of breathing, getting in and out, get my body kind of more relaxed. Um, I always ask spirit of the white light to show up. I ask, I set an intention for spirits of the white light. And I, I, I just kind of have my little, that little ritual, I even read off a little paper <laughs> and my little things that I, that I do. And um, it doesn't take me long. It's just enough to like, I ground myself. I kind of check my ego, make sure that none of my stuff comes in and kind of like leave myself at the door. So to speak, I learned a long time ago about ego and I'm like, well, I try not to have an ego. They're like, no, 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 not that kind of ego. <laughs> it's just like your stuff doesn't belong in a mm-hmm. reading unless they're relating it to you for it, for that reading. Like a lot of times my dad helps me in readings. And so I'm like, oh, that's part of me, but it's because his name is Danny and he was an alcoholic. Those two things are coming through almost every single time. I'd be like, oh, it's your dad, Danny. Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. Or was your dad an alcoholic or was your mom? Yep. Cause my dad's showing me this. And so, so I kind of check myself and kind of make sure that too much of me isn't in there. Sometimes, you know, it comes through because we're just humans, but, um, those are the things that I like to do, but I always make sure I'm in a positive mindset. I've actually canceled readings. If I feel like I wasn't going to be able to do what I was going to do, or if I'm sick, I cannot be clear mm-hmm. with the stuff he had. And if I had to, you know, use some medications or something because of a headache or whatever, I get headaches and, um, they're not, they're not spirit related. They're just, you know, hormone related. And so I get headaches. And if I have a headache, I don't want to do a reading. It's a very comfortable place for me. And I'm not no. going to give you the information that I can possibly give you. No, it's not fair. We want, yeah, to, do, we want to do the best we can for our, our sitter. And so it's like, mm, no, can't do one today. I'm so sorry. And you know what? Nine out of 10 times, it worked out better the next next reading anyway. I, I remember just a couple weeks ago, I had mm-hmm. to uh, cancel on somebody and I felt terrible, but I, these migraines, it was like, oh my God. And um, sure enough, a really good friend of hers passed in the meantime. He came through the reading and that wouldn't have happened. She would have had to come back for another reading. Instead, she was able to get this message from him. And so it was just like, whoa, you know, so spirits timing too can affect us. And it's just like, no, don't want you to do that reading today for whatever reason. Yeah. 
So we got to listen to that. But yeah, that's my little ritual. And it's, you know, it takes about 10 minutes, but I always want to make sure that I give my, my person that I'm going to do a reading for that quality time. And so that preparation is important. Is that something that you do as well? Yep. Very similar to what you said. Exactly. And to close out uh, the reading, and I've learned this kind of the hard way is, oops, I didn't uh, close that out really well. And it's kind of like similar to what you were saying earlier on when you called in the night before. And it's like, whoopsies. (laughs) Oops, this guy's still with me. He's like following me around the house. Oh, crap. I didn't didn't close. I have have a hard time remembering (laughs) to close that too. I'm like, okay. So now I have this thing. Take your dead people with you. (laughs) Take your dead people with you. I don't want them around Yep, that's all you have to say. And as soon as they know your boundaries are up, it's just like, okay, this reading's over. Take your dead people with you, kind of a thing. And thanks so much. And it's like, even if you said in your head, you still said it. Yeah, because they they know everything, they hear everything. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, for the listeners, how can people work with you or get a reading with you? I am at healingheartsmedium.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram, Healing Hearts Medium, and Facebook, Healing Hearts Medium. Cool. Thank and I'll put you. all that stuff in the show notes as well with your link so they can uh, oh, click on that. Too. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. I really had a great time. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye.